The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who around this town tonight. Welcome to the Formula of Sports Talk. I don't know if I can hear my, you can hear me, but I can't hear myself. So let's just roll with it. Can you hear me, Alex? Yeah, I we can. got the usual suspects in the, in the building. We do have a special guest. Uh, I say special, I guess to me, I don't know. Alex and Deborah don't know him, but we'll get to him. We got the usual suspects: Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris. Uh, welcome to the show. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. If you want to join the show, because we're gonna move fast. You know how fast this hour go, which is what about forty five minutes. Um, we got a lot of football to talk about, some baseball. Um, I do want to get you guys in the thought process because I want to speak on a uh, Grambling State for a little bit. So get your minds ready for that. I want to ask uh, our special guest, why didn't he or did he consider going to an HBCU, Historical Black College and University? We'll get to that during the show. Football. Now, I'm not a – let me get right into that. So um, I'm not really – a guy who watches a lot of football. The only time I watch football is when, uh, or had to, is when I had to watch film on opponents. Now, I enjoy football. I like football, but, you know, playing a game, I guess if you play the game for a while, it becomes boring, and you can predict what's going to happen. I could, I could talk about football without watching a football game. Just you, tell, you tell me the score. things that other people don't. Yeah, because yeah. uh, a lot of people who, don't, who haven't played the game, they watch the football. Right. I don't look at the football. The football takes you everywhere, right. and I watch the intricate parts of uh, the game. Now, having a sports show and saying what I said may be a little contradiction, but that's who I am. But I'm, I'm scared to get scared. Yeah. <laughs> but the only game I was really the hype, you know, made me watch it because of the hype was the Denver Broncos and the Baltimore uh, Indianapolis Colts. I was right. going to say Baltimore Colts. Indianapolis Colts. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> But that's when I loved football, when it was Baltimore Colts. Well, when, I mean, it's a double-edged sword for you because you can't not watch the intricacies of it. You can't just enjoy a game like me. Right. It feels like work. It feels like work when I watch football unless I have a, you know, I always look for the guys from my, uh, like, friends or guys I play with. I like to see guys do well. I I like to see guys do well. That's what fantasy football is, (laughs) so I do that too. (laughs) It's not fantasy for me. I know. (laughs) Other but that is, you know, to to Alex's comment, you know, fantasy football right. guys are just watching, looking at the numbers. They want a certain guy, a favorite guy, who you have, Shady McCoy. Shady, you want him to do well. Yeah, and Shady's <laughs> going to always do well. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, that guy, that game, the uh, Colts and Denver Broncos games lived up to uh, the hype. I, I would say, uh, with Ursay starting it off, we're basically getting the summertime, but it led up into what took uh, transpired Sunday night. And it was good to have that only that to be the only game on in that evening. Um, I thought Peyton Manning's, uh, not Peyton Manning's, but I thought the Denver Broncos defense left let them down because uh, they were in the game, and then you can't have certain turnovers. Uh, I, I I did see while watching that game for a while. I said Peyton Manning don't have a zip on his ball, but he never had a zip on his ball. Peyton Manning was all 
it was all timing and know when to get rid of the ball and yeah, they had right. a certain a certain um routes where they were unstoppable. Have you ever played Tecmo Bowl where you couldn't stop Barry Sanders going across Thurman the Thurman Thomas too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> now how old are you? Uh, younger than you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You, you can tell by some of the comments. Don't even you start with the age. <laughs> <laughs> but I will have to take you go back to I'll take you down. <laughs> well we did have a we do have a um you know that game was a situation where I didn't know who to root for. Andrew Luck does a lot of good things. He he is the future of that uh, franchise. Uh, they did lose Reggie Wayne to a knee injury, um, and I want to bring my guest in. Our guest in about that because this guy actually should be playing in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. This is this the politics I don't like about it. Uh, but then you lose a receiver. The Jets need a receiver. Uh, the uh, Green Bay Packers need receivers. There's a lot of teams across the board that need a receiver, but in this game, the Denver Broncos and the Colts, you lose Reggie Wayne. Luck is the future. Um, obviously, we we know that and we've seen that. We um, uh, I don't care if he's dinking and dunking the ball, just throwing it five, six, seven yards, but he's using his playmakers a lot of a lot what Tom Brady did with Wes Walker when he was in uh, Green Bay. A lot uh, with with uh, Decker and and Walker and those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, five yard hitches, you make them work. Now, when I say a five-yard hitch or a five-yard out, those are called run plays nowadays because of the um, defenses and, and the caliber of receivers you have that can make one guy miss. They couldn't do that last night, and we'll get into some green. We'll get into the uh, Minnesota Vikings and Giants game, which was a toilet bowl, in my opinion. We'll get into that. <laughs> Give me your assessment on that game, uh, the Colts and Denver. You know, two things stood out to me. One was um, – uh, Reggie Wayne getting hurt, and the second one was really interesting. The first two drives for each team, they ran the ball three times. Andrew Luck ran the ball three times. Pan Manning ran the ball three times. So it was kind of like a, in my assessment, it was kind of like a respect thing. Like you don't you don't want to throw the ball down somebody's gut. If you have if you have mutual respect, a game like this, you 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 try to get into the flow of the game before before going down the field. And the second or third possession Denver had, Eric Derrick got two passes and they, and they were in the end zone. So those two things, I mean, Andrew Luck, 257, four touchdowns. He has this young receiving core. Reggie Wayne going out obviously is going to hurt. But you have Kobe Fleener, who's an up-and-coming tight end. You have T.Y. Hilton, who's so fast. Darius Hayward Bay might even be faster. So you're using these guys, just like Peyton did with uh, when he was an Indy, just guys that were younger and that didn't, uh, that you know, th- they're starting to be a cohesive unit, and they're going to win that division. They're already three or four games up in that division. Um, Two or three games up, I should say. Let me, um, let me go to you. Um. Tony, what, what did you see in that game? Because uh, uh, t- Tony Simmons um, played. Uh, you went to ASU for a minute. You you went to uh, huh? Go Devils. Go Devils. <laughs> uh, they going too, by the way. We like to talk ASU. We like to talk the um, the local teams here, which would be ASU. Uh, and when I locally, I mean teams in Arizona, uh, NAU, U of A. Um, Mesa, because you, you spent a semester in Mesa, which was a, a waste of your time. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. No yeah. such thing. You learn everywhere you go. That's true. That's true. Uh, every day, uh, actually. Give me an assessment on that game, uh, the Denver Broncos. The biggest thing that I took away from the game is that even though the Colts came out with the win, Trent Richardson is still struggling. He's still only rushing for three yards a carry. And that's something that they're going to have an issue with when they're not playing inside in the dome. They have to go out into weather. They've got to play teams like Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They're going to have to beat, go through those types of teams and New England, for that matter. And if they can't run the ball, they don't. Have, they're not going to be able to have that success without a Reggie Wayne. Yeah, is it is due to the fact? Well, he's been there for probably three weeks now, so uh, it's not like a 
a <clears throat> Freeman situation who's over in Minnesota who's been there for no less than 10 days and he was thrown in the mix. Um, but you do have to run the football. I, I've said it from uh, day one. The game starts at the line of scrimmage, and that line of scrimmage could be at the kickoff where you have your five guys up front and the guy in the back, that's your running back. However you want to look at the game, you do have to be able to run the football and, and establish some positive yards. The game and the mentality of the game is is uh, what you do up front right away. How, how are you going to determine how this game is going to be played? Who's going to get pushed around? Who's going to establish a line of scrimmage? And if you can't run the football, you cannot pass the football. It becomes tough. And when a defense can make you one-dimensional or your or – yourself you make yourself one-dimensional it's tough to win football games yeah and it's, it's interesting to see and i see the same thing with demarius thomas now you're put in the spotlight now people are out to get you now they're 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 scheming on how to stop you troy richardson in cleveland to your point they they stunk so he was going to be the shining star regardless and then demarius thomas came out of nowhere last year receiver now he's not having the demarius thomas here because people are kind of scheming after him he's doing all right but with troy richardson now he's now he's in, in on the big stage, in Indies now. I mean, since Peyton Manning was there, they're a big time, big time franchise. So, I agree. It'll be interesting to see if he can bounce back and learn again how to play football in this in this new scheme, this new offensive scheme. But it'll be interesting to see what happens because that obviously was an eyesore for me as well. I think another big thing that I took away was that the Do- the Broncos receivers didn't win at the line of scrimmage. You know, Greg Toller and Vontae Davis came up and they challenged them at the line of scrimmage and said. You're either going to run the ball down our throat or you're going to beat us in a man-to-man situation. And they didn't win. They won schematically when they moved them around and got them off of the off of the press. But neither one of them really won at the line of scrimmage. Huh. Don't you do that with uh, uh, West Worker? You move that guy around because he's he he made a great catch in that football game. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. uh, he just like, torso twists yeah, his body yeah. around, made a great catch, and, and that went that went to what I said earlier about Peyton Manning's arm. Peyton Manning threw the ball behind him. Uh, he he lead him a little bit. He may he may get five more yards, or he still he makes the catch anyway. But the catch didn't have to be so dramatic. But Wes Welker, being a future Hall of Fame that he is, made a great catch and kept that drive going. It's just a lot of things transpire as far as turning the football over at the wrong time. Um, I couldn't understand why Denver didn't waste time off the clock before halftime. Uh, going into halftime, why did he just three passes and they had to get the ball right back to Indianapolis coach Andrew Luck. Uh, these guys go down there, and I believe they scored. Uh, they got some points out of it, but that was um, that game was uh, mismanaged to a certain point. Whereas situations like that don't happen with um, when you have a quarterback or a team like the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Well, what do you think about the, even the two quarterbacks? When I look at Luck, and I saw, you know, he's a young stud, got more of a you know swagger to him. He's out mm-hmm. there having fun. Obviously, serious fun, he but he's having fun. You've got Peyton, who's much more strategic. He's going into it from a more serious aspect. Not sure if he's got a little bit more to prove coming back into Indy. Um, and I'm just wondering how much all that played into it from a psychological standpoint, from the s- stress and the nerve standpoint. When you're out there having fun, you're going to play better. It's always tough uh, when you leave one team and you go to it and you go back um, home to play. You go back to Especially your original team. With all team, the comments, it that is. Being made. And then Ursay and his comments made. Mm-hmm. Um, now, let him tell it. He think everything he said was right. I still think it was wrong. You didn't need that type of atmosphere. It is hard to win football games, uh, not alone Super Bowls. You try to, you, you look around and say you had this type of talent. Everyone has that type of talent. I go back to the same old four and twelve, uh, uh, St. Louis Rams, 
and then the next year they win the Super Bowl. Same talent. The mentality changes. You have those players. You have those type of teams that you expect. Every year we expect a, a certain team to go to the Super Bowl, but they don't get there. Right. We expect the New England Patriots to be there all in that mix all the time, but sometimes they're not there because of an injury or something. What? But when you go back home and play, when you go back to your former team and play, there is some type of excitement. But then once the once the ball is kicked off, now you get back into your rhythm. I don't think Peyton Manning was thinking – uh, I'm back in Indianapolis. He was thinking, how do I win this game? How how do I bring us back from the deficit we already behind? Uh, at that point, what was it 13 points? Mm. They missed a two-point conversion, put them back, then they come down and they don't score. And it's, it, football is just such an up-and-down emotional game. Uh, but I, I I don't think it bothered him once the game started. But Andrew Luck looked like he was having, in, in you know, in your words, serious fun, which right. is which is good. I, I, I might be the only one, but I don't think what Jim Mercer said was wrong. I think what he said was wrong. What he said was exactly correct. Exactly what transpired with with Peyton Manning being there, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what happened. And I've said for the past few weeks, he is the best regular season quarterback of all time. Yeah, you said Peyton Manning is. I've said it over and over again. And Jim Mercer just proved that fact. I I mean, granted, the timing was obviously choice and um, maybe... The timing was perfect. Right. And And I think that regardless of what Peyton says, regardless of what anybody says from the Denver camp, that got to Peyton Manning. Because nobody's ever said that to him before. Because they've let him do his regular season thing, break all the records, do all these things, throw all these touchdown passes. But he could never win the big game except for once, and it was an ugly game. He didn't play well. They're nine and he's nine and eleven in the playoffs. That there's something about that that is off-putting when you do so well in the regular season. I, I think so. Again, I don't <clears throat> think Jim Irsay said anything wrong. I, I think, think he's absolutely correct. Irsay. Um if, if I could say he didn't say anything wrong, I'd say it, he couldn't have been the one to say it. Ursay doesn't play football. He's a manager. He's a he's an owner. <clears throat> he, he he paid Peyton for championships, he, though, and Peyton gave him one, which was great. You paid Peyton for championship. What about the mother guy? Peyton cannot win a championship on his, on his own. There's, there's other things that go on the ball. He had uh, Reggie Wayne. He had, at one point, he had Edron James. He had um, Marvin, Harris. Uh, Marvin Harris. He had um, Dallas Clark. Clark. Name Dallas one Taylor. cornerback yeah. he had. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You can't name uh, David can't. Barrett. Or, or David Macklin. You can't name a cornerback here. And I say David Macklin because I know David Macklin. But you can't name who was on that defense except the guys who was on that defense end. Well, and you, where's you the loyalty from the ownership for all the years should, that he put in and all the you know, the right. fans that he brought in he and the money that paycheck. he brought in and he that said, too. So it's a question of his signing you know, whether, he, whether what he said was right or wrong. It's a question of should he have said it, should he have said it, when he said it, should he have said it. He's with the not allowed to say that. He's an owner. Stay off the internet when you ask, when you ask all these other plays, players and around the league to do oh, that. the NFL tells you you can't be out there exactly. throwing you know stuff. What? We, we, here's what we do because I want to talk about that's good. Uh, you make a good, Alex make a good point or comment. He said exactly what he said. That those are Peyton Manning's numbers, but Ursay is not the one to say that. I mean, you got your teammates. Is? Is Peyton Manning hold himself accountable. That's why we talk about him all the time. When we talk about great quarterbacks, who Peyton Manning comes up, he holds himself accountable. He would love to win three Super Bowls. He so would, would love I. To be. I'd love to be a quarterback too. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. Well, you first of all, you got to fix your hair. Kwame Lasso <laughs> Sports Talk. We will Don't come be back. Jealous that I got my. <laughs> we'll take a break and we'll come back and finish up this conversation. <laughs> flagship station for sports voice america sports the job of a professional athlete is never complete 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Kwame Sports Talk. Alice Clancy, Deputy Bray. We got Tony Simmons. Let's get into before we finish up this uh this uh Ursay issue and then get into Minnesota game, which was a what I call a toilet bowl. Tony Simmons, welcome to the show, man. You, we, you, you elaborated a little bit on what we were talking about, but, you know, so the world know you because this is a global show, by the way. Well, thank you for having me. Um, no, thanks for being here, actually. We enjoy yeah, guests. It's our pleasure. Uh, what, what's going on with you, man? Because I, I look around the league, and I know you. I know you from, uh, you know, we, we, we work together. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice way to put it. Yeah, we work together, but... I always thought you was that guy. I can't like, I can't wait to see him in the pros. I, and I don't say that about you know, high school kids or college kids. I just want to finish the education. I'm like, I can't wait to see him in the pros. What, what's going on? Because you're still working hard. You're still looking good. You're still running faster than most guys in the pros uh, right now. Uh, it's not so much about running, but the knowledge of the playing in the NFL. What, what are you doing now? So um, I train with. Uh, Arguably the best trainer in the country. Greg, I don't train you. you know, hey, you know, I got an, I got another one though. <laughs> so I said, arguably, you know, this is a discussion. His okay, name is in the true. mix. But uh, Greg Sweets Oliver is Sweets he's, is good. He's the guy. He's the premier speed coach. He's trained everybody and anybody who's ran fast doing something. Um, and uh, other than that, you know, studying and getting out on the field. One of the old uh, Oakland Raiders, Raiders quarterbacks throws with me routinely and. Uh, just trying to stay sharp. Just trying to stay sharp. That's the big thing. Which, um, because you was in somebody's camps, and I, and I look around the league, and, you know, when, when stuff is kind of close to you, like all of us are like that. You, you look for, oh, this might fit him. This might be a good fit. But uh, what, where do you see yourself in a perfect situation as far as not just being in the league, but which team makes sense for you? Um, I think there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of different spots that, I, that, that fit what I like to do. I'm... I'm lucky I have, a, I have a different blend of size and speed than a lot of guys. I'm not the 6'5 guy, but I'm also not the 5'10 guy either. Right. Um, I think that Carolina, what they like to do with stretching the field is, uh, is a relatively good fit. I think the Jets just need help. <laughs> you know, to be honest, they just need help. Rex, call me. You have my information. Yeah, he, he actually does. Um, yeah, they just need they just need help at any at any position. Just somebody to stay healthy, at least. You know, knock on wood that I'd be able to do the same. But um, I think between those two spots, you know, I like what they do out in Oakland. Um, I like what they do in San Diego. You know, giving people an opportunity to go out and make plays after they catch the ball is 
the premier job of a receiver. That's what you're supposed to do. Didn't they lose a guy in San Diego just now to well, a, a neck they, injury? Well, they lost Malcolm Floyd a couple weeks mm-hmm. ago, and oh, Denario yeah. Alexander was their outside threat they lost right. in preseason. Yeah, he's gone too. And so Keenan Allen, I mean, all these guys that seemingly come out of the woodworks, Keenan Allen is now a staple there. After well, a couple weeks, I mean, Keelan Allen. Keelan Allen was a first round was a first round guy, you know. So, so he, he was first round play. guy, yeah. Uh, the, the thing about a first round guy, and then anybody after that, a first round guy has to prove he cannot play football. And, and if the if the Chargers don't want him, um, another team gonna say, well, maybe he fits our system. But as opposed to a, a free agent or undrafted free agent, he got to prove he can play, and he probably gonna get one chance to do that. Exactly. So you know. Guys like that, they're going to get every opportunity to prove that they're not Jamarcus Russell. Right. Realistically, that's what it comes down to. And even then, Jamarcus Russell's still fielding calls. Tennessee called him last week. So, Did you know, he? Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's still, he's still fielding calls. So everybody gets, gets an opportunity when you're a first-round guy. Um, what do you make about a guy, um, and I'll and I get back to you, but real quick since you, you know, what do you make about a guy with Jamarcus Russell who had the world in hand? Now, granted, I don't, I don't know his personal life because a lot of personal things can get into the situation and get in the way of your, and I say football, your activity. Uh, your personal can get in the way. But what do you make of a guy like that who, from the outside looking in, we think he has the world in hand. And, Deborah, you can attest to this because you do a lot of, a lot of things like this with your players. Um, what, what was going on with him exactly? Because he ate himself up to 300-something pounds. Um, I, think, I think there's two things that people don't even really realize. Number one, he had a weight problem at LSU. He was big when he was there, couldn't really move. And then he got paid an inorbitant amount of money for somebody who had never had any and played on the, at the time, the worst franchise in football. They they were undisciplined from the top down. Mm -hmm. They had no reason, nobody nobody out there attempting to play football. Randy Moss Moss went there to take a break, and he'll tell anybody (laughs) there that he didn't play. He just went out there and took a break. So I think that when you combine all those things, it's it's a lot harder for you to take your job seriously. You know that you're guaranteed $50 million whether you show up or not. It's it's just like Dave Chappelle. He took off and left. And he yeah. said, I'm rich, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I think that that's a, that's a big function of why he's in the situation that he's in. He's, you know, to his credit, he's working really, really hard. Um, he trimmed he down a lot, too. Trimmed down a lot. Is on a crazy diet, has all his meals cooked for him at all times. So. Didn't um, the quarterback work with him, Garcia, uh, work with him a little bit? Yeah, I think, I think that's who was working with him. And Is Garcia left-handed? Oh no, he's Jeff, right-handed. No, Jeff, Jeff's right-handed. He's right-handed. Oh, okay, I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how a guy Jeff Garcia could work with a with a quarterback like that. But they they totally opposite quarterback. Oh, mechanics are different. Yeah, I you know and arms. Oh, maybe arm strength. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> the whole the whole package. You know, Jeff Garcia is not not an imposing figure in the pocket by any stretch. But yeah. um, for a guy like that with that type of arm talent, you know, he. At his pro day, he got on one knee and threw the ball fifty yards, like like he was like he was flicking it around like it wasn't even a big deal. Um, a guy with that type of arm talent deserves to have an opportunity in the NFL. The problem is, is that when he had his opportunity, granted it was with the Raiders, so that's yeah. not really the, quite mm-hmm. the same thing. But when he had his opportunity there, he just he didn't well, really yeah. And he it, everything he was he was a kid. He was getting all the money as you as you said before. He's a different person now. I mean, he has he has perspective now, and the uh, Jeff Garcia I think would be a great mentor because he was a consummate professional. He was the serviceable guy when everybody'd get hurt. He'd go into whatever team, say said team, and and he and he'd produce okay. Like he he was just a professional, and having one of those in your corner, I don't think ever hurts, especially somebody trying to get back in the league. Well, you look at uh, Jamarcus Russell and everyone saying that 
you got fifty million dollars. You didn't take it serious when you had a chance, but all the factors around it, you know, may have something in play with people's decision. All right, enough for him. Back to you. What's next for Tony Simmons? Well, what's next for Tony is um, because I'm, I'm saying this right now. Your agent stinks, by the way. Tell him call me. <laughs> I'll tell, tell him, him call. Tell him call into the show because <laughs> hey, it's not it's not a <laughs> reason why you not in somebody like today is Tuesday right now. Yes, you should be working out for a team right now. Today is Tuesday. They're off. Well, look at I know, I know they are. It's different than the way they started because of all the injuries and stuff. You know, they. You should have flew in, exactly. You should have flew in somewhere last night, <laughs> Minnesota. You should have flew <laughs> in somewhere <laughs> and be working out for a team this morning, and not coming back and saying, uh, "You, they gonna give you a lot, man. They go get some clothes, get your stuff right now." You're not going to have to come back to Arizona. The only thing I can say about that is it's, you know, that's the one thing that I don't personally control. You know, all I can control is what I do on the football field between the white lines. And so, you know, to, for, for me, I, I take what I do with my trainer and, and we, we work. We know what I'm going to run. Day in and day out, it doesn't matter what time of day it is. If I wake up in the morning and I run slower than this, then there's a problem. I must have been hopping on one foot. Mm-hmm. So um, when it comes down to it, that's, that's really all, all that we can do. You know, um, What are you running right now? Because uh, speed helps and... That's how Haywood uh, Bay got to leave. Yeah. <laughs> Bay got to leave from running fast. Not not to toot my own horn, but I I did PR a couple weeks ago, so I hit four two eight um in, in my forty, and I was ecstatic. I didn't, yeah, that's great. I didn't want to run anymore <laughs> in a car. <laughs> hey, hey, y- y'all didn't see y'all didn't see him. He used to come out there and come out there and practice <laughs> and threaten some people. He never he never threatened me, but he threatened some other people. <laughs> he threatened some other people out there. Hey, I was. I like like I told Darrell Revis, I told everybody, anybody who listened, Patrick Peterson, anybody who wants to go, who wants to go out there, I will gladly line up and we can go. I know yeah, you know, that's I, the first. I, I, I think that's the first time I've ever seen Kwame blush, and that's tough to tell. So yeah, I just yeah. <laughs> Because I, okay, Deborah, you're getting races on me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're going to put the eight, pull the age card on me? You know? <laughs> no, it, no, seriously. It, it's, it's, you watch this guy play, and like I said before we started, he's one of those guys that I can't wait to see him in the pro, like what team would be good for him. And at the time, I was thinking Raiders. Because they take speed, they take height, right. he jumps out the gym. Mm. He does everything you want to, he does everything you're supposed to do to get looked at. So my question I would have then is, looking at it from the agent side, I always wonder whether the agent is able to really idiot. speak in the way that they need to speak to feed the benefits to the team that the benefits need to, you know, that the team needs to hear in order to take a look at the player. You know what agents are uh, in today in good uh, comment. Today's agents are, if it's not a guarantee, I don't want to put that work in. Oh, exactly. Uh, yeah. They got a lot of money on yeah. the line. Yeah, but. Don't you want to be looked at that agent? You can get a lot of players. Like Jim Solano was my agent, uh, and I think Jim is good. And, I'm, and I've, I've talked to Jim or text Jim about Tony. I'm mm-hmm. like, because Jim had a lot of athletes that had agents before, right? And, and I, especially he had uh, Clyde Simmons. Uh, he had Seth Joyner. He had guys like uh, uh, Ba uh, Brent Alexander. He had he had a lot of guys across the league that we've had other agents. I thought coming out. You know, not being drafted, I had to go with a big agent firm. So I went with sports stars in Manhattan, New York. Yeah, that was all show. That was all lightness. That was all Broadway. It was it was really me getting the lead had to do with me. It had nothing to do with them. I paid them for three years for something they didn't even do. It was me standing well, in the lead. Well, and that's the thing. When you say, like, Tony, if it's, you know, if it's getting 
to be able to get looked at, mm -hmm. you've got to be able to get out to the field. And to get out to the field, you've got to get the agent to be able to speak to the teams in the way the spe that the teams can hear them right. and I to know that it's worth their time and effort. I agree. I mean, I, I also think that it comes down to, at, at this point with where the NFL is now, it comes down to a lot of relationships. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's a lot it's a, it's still, a lot about still, relationships. It's still mm -hmm. a trust thing. Like, it, uh, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, Tony Simmons, um, yeah, I know him, but... I got this guy right here in my camp now. They're scared to bring people in. And when I say scared, because we're going to talk about the Minnesota Vikings, I think Leslie Frazier, he know he he's not understanding that he's a head coach in this league where the decisions have to come down to him. And maybe they are the way they play, but to have uh, Josh Freeman in that game in the mm -hmm. second half was was beyond me. I, I'm Maybe I forgot what football was about. I thought it was about winning and losing. And, and you know, you got some grown men, Alex, they're getting paid a lot of money doing a professional job. It's about winning and losing. That's so right. it, it, it you Everybody's can't. Everybody's jobs on the line yeah. based on win and lose. But you, you're right. You can't only, You can't uh, worry about things you cannot control. So you just keep right. working. Now, I, I will agree. I will agree with this on the Cromwell Sports Talk. That Sweets is a, a, a pretty good coach. Pretty good because uh, I went to athletes' performance. But you know, Sweets Sweets gets the job done. Mm. He gets it done. All right, we go. Let's um. Oh shoot, we got thirty seconds before break. Uh, that's good. We took up this whole segment. We we'll come back. <laughs> I still want to come back and talk about that. We got down and dirty with Deborah also, so we we get into all that coming coming out of break. Quam Live Sports Talk. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you? It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now some of you might still be in that place. If you're trying to get out, just follow me. Welcome back to the Quarm Live Sports Talk. We are in our third segment. You know that means that's, that's Deborah's music, so that's Down and Dirty with Deborah. That is my music. She liked that Eminem. We yeah. get in, we, we'll go Down and Dirty with Deborah, and we get into the whole bunch of stuff before we get off the air at within 20 minutes. And really, Down and Dirty with uh, Deborah plays into everything we've been talking about. So I'm going to go through... Just some uh, qualities uh, and statistics here, and I want you guys to pay attention. Let me know who you think that I'm describing. 
from the outsiders looking in, they look at these people and they say, man, they've got power, they've got prestige, they're very, you know, it's a very lucrative career that they're in, it's a very rewarding career. Um, it's exciting. Uh, even the parents will encourage their kids and to get uh, to get into this profession. They're some of the brightest. They're some of the most ambitious that are out there. The real truth is that what the outsiders don't see and what's true about the people that are in this career is that the ex- expectations are extremely high. The expectations that these people put on themselves, the expectations that others put on them. Mistakes are not tolerated. The consequences for the mistakes can be devastating and career-ending. These people are strong competitors. They strive during conflict, and they thrive. They also look at and realize that by being such strong competitors, it can wear them down. It can wear them down mentally and emotionally. The culture that they play in demands that they be competitive because, you know, if you're not competitive enough, then you have concerns about job security. Mentally, it's, you know, you've got to either be going up or you're going to be out. Um, If you're not performing, you're out. The extreme pressure to perform directly affects their job security, it affects their advancement, and it affects their income. Their ability to perform and to perform extremely well is tied to the money that they earn. So oftentimes their ego will override what's really good for them. They'll do whatever it takes. Mentally, emotionally, and physiologically, they get burn out and burn up. Um, From the outsiders looking in, they don't realize that there's a lot of silent suffering that's going on. There's difficulty in concentrating, remembering, making decisions is difficult. Oftentimes they have difficulty in sleeping. They might become irritable and angry. Um, there's a bit of hopelessness that will start to creep in. They will either overeat or undereat. They feel sad, empty, anxious at times, guilty because they don't think that they're good enough good enough to make it, good enough to stay at the top level. They worry and sometimes they panic. They're proud, they're stubborn, they're macho, and they are too macho oftentimes to actually seek the guidance that they need so they continue to suffer through the silence. The statistics are extremely sobering. 15 to 20 percent of them will seek some form of alcohol or substance abuse. 25 percent suffer from stress. 20 to 40 percent suffer suffer with clinical depression, and they they have the highest rate of suicide of any profession. CEOs of a corporate operation. Bowlers. No. Bowlers. No, I'm guessing uh, lawyers. Lawyers is good. Lawyers is a good one. Yeah, it's attorneys. It's attorneys. Yeah, Yeah, it's attorneys. But what's interesting to me is whenever I read through that is that. There's such a correlation to that, and you look at guys in the NFL, you look at guys in sports, you look at guys in CEO-type positions, is that that macho aspect is there, that they go through the stress, it's affecting their performance, their ability to be at the high level, stay at the high level without um, burning out at some point, burning out the relationships, burning out their internal adrenal system, um, and burning out their ability to perform at a high level. Um, Oftentimes, when I look at um, first responders, uh, look at uh, people in the military, they have very high suicide rates um, because of the fact that they're put in situations all the time where they have to go go against what's natural and normal. Is that before or after war? 
or just being in the military alone? Um, more, so, most, more so if they've been to a battle-type situation. They could be either in the battle or even on the outskirts of the battle because no matter what, they're still in that high-stress, um, anxiety-type position of not knowing what's going to come next. I can't think of the title of, of the military show I just watched. It was just females, three females, uh, mm. but one was speaking on her depression and everything. I just Absolutely. saw it, yeah. and, and she said she came back, she's a different person, and she can't even get... Uh, a little retribution of, uh, I think it's $28,000. The, yeah. the military, DOC, all that stuff, is, it's, it's a multi-billion dollar business. Well, and it's the same thing we've touched on before with even um, guys in the NFL and coming out of the NFL that all of a sudden you lose, you lose your, your uh, uniform and you lose who you are. Uh, you don't know how to perform in the outside world. How do you replace that high? Where's the, um, you know, what's your identity? And then you're also dealing with the pain and you're dealing with the memory loss and some of those type of things and not knowing where to turn or being too uh, macho at times to um, uh, even help. hold your head, hand up and ask for help instead of realizing that it's the courageous ones that do because now instead of putting a gun to the chest or um, you know, going through the divorce and all the other things that can happen, you can actually get the help that There's you need. There's a high rate of divorce of NFL players, athletes alone, but NFL uh, is number one. Oh, it's huge. Uh, after the game. Uh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm not trying to figure out, but I, I think it is a, after the game, uh, these guys don't know where to find themselves because mm -hmm. we, I, we, I talked on the show a lot about when the CEOs coming out of the locker room or within the owners of the National Football League uh, teams, brings different people in to and we have to do 10 appearances in our contract it's whatever right um but that that don't benefit you you can make if you know if you that's know that's a lot of talk yeah it, and it benefits the organization the football team but those CEOs coming us coming there to get us to their corporate office to motivate their players right and never say and never say, and it's kind of how does it reciprocate? Yeah, when, when you get done playing football, you know, come here. Let's see if you right. this is a good place for you to work. Right. They never do that. So a lot of guys find themselves, and then the spotlight is not bright as it used to be for the uh, former NFL players' wives. So they want that spotlight exactly. again. So you got a lot of you're them. good for entertainment. Uh huh. Uh huh. Because yeah. they got status now too. Right. Uh, but the uh, the owner, not the owners, but the players, should at that point, knowing what we knew then, uh, now they have hindsight. They should, when they come in and get them and go motivate somebody else's corporate business, find out how does that, how does that benefit mm -hmm. yourself. So do you think uh, with, with the overcompensation and the machinist, do you think Brandon Merriweather fits in there somewhere? Where he wants to be one of them, he wants to be known. Or, I mean, he's like he's like a dumb, a dumb consume now. Brandon Marshall, I mean, he, I mean, and you, we're talking about DBs. Do you think Brandon Merriweather fits into this or do you think he's just an idiot? I think that Brandon Merriweather plays the game of football the way that he grew up playing the game of football. And I think that the fact that they changed the rules over the last two years isn't changing it's how he plays the him. game of football. Right. It's costing him money and it's costing his reputation. But at the end of the day, I think that's just what he's doing. You know, he's another one of those guys that they come out and they put that helmet on. And if you're if you come across that area, then that's what you that's what you get, you know. I came up playing in those types of rules. You know, they didn't change the rules when I was in college. They, they, that stuff, the head-to-head -head helmet stuff happened after I was out of school. Yeah, so, yeah. 
Well, and that's the thing, and that's, you know, when I go back to, you know, the my book is called Averages and Addiction, these type of things are addictive as well. I mean, it's a routine that when you grow up, as you mentioned, playing under those rules, and that's the trigger point. You put the helmet on, here's who I am, man. I am a freaking warrior. Um, it's the same type of thing that under stress, the mind will revert to whatever it knows best, and it will go back to those automatic patterns from the past, and that's the way you start playing again. Yeah, it's it's you gotta look at the end of the day, um, and, and you can do that through the walk, your walk of life on every day. How who who does this day benefit? If if you're not making it to benefit you, who is it beneficial for? Like in NFL, and Alex, you mentioned uh, Merriweather. I think he's a product of how he was taught to play a football game, how he was raised <clears throat> uh, in the game. Uh, when I played in the back end, when I played safety, when I went to safety. I was um, I, I had no intentions on hurting somebody to end their career, hurting them yes, but not to end their career. So I oh never went out to somebody's legs. I always tried to hit them uh, straight up. But a lot of times the defensive backs don't have any control of uh, a scared receiver ducking his head. Right, and I got exactly. fined in San Diego, but the receiver and I, I should I shouldn't say scared because if if you see me coming, you're protecting yourself, so you bring your head down a little bit. The helmet is for incidental contact. I don't think it's a weapon. It's for incidental contact. So now we just hit helmet to helmet, and I get fined $7,500. And I don't think that's right. Uh, Dominic Sue, he's a product of um, he plays aggressive. I think he's idiotic at most times. Uh, but he has a Dennis Rodman complex now. Whatever he does, we'll get fined. That last hit he just had, that was ridiculous. If they find him, everybody in the league should get fined for putting on a uniform. Yeah, They should put on a uniform. But Merriweather knows. Well, it's hard for him to get out that mode where I can't hit a guy high. But then you have the guys who are watching the film. I, I remember when I was playing, Merton Hanks was one of the guys who watched the film and say, this could be a fine, that could be a fine, because I should talk to him on the sideline. Uh, but you got guys in there now watching the films who, who has these guys' financial uh, state at, at their willpower, at their, at their will, at their hands, that they will say, uh, well, that's a fine, that's a fine. These guys never played. And that's the crazy part about it. They never play. I, now, when I say somebody never play, can't do their job, I'm thinking about a coach. You don't have to be a great coach to never play and play the game. But these guys who don't know that contact right now, uh, a great coach, what makes these coaches who never played a great coach, because they take the information from a player mm-hmm. who's on the field to the side. The player takes their information to the sideline, and the coach assesses that after so many times of having the same information from different players. Right. He assesses that and make his, his makes all his schemes and his his game plan, his uh how he wants to run a team that much better. But a guy sitting there and watching film could never be into that, never be in a situation like that unless somebody else is in that locker room. Again, there's going to be a lot more in, a lot more injuries as far as guys ending their career. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, and I, I don't understand, I still can't comprehend this. Roger Goodell, I know he's looked at as the bad guy for other reasons, but with this, he's trying to make it, the game safer. So now he's trying to give your quality of life a better, a better outcome when you retire, in theory. In theory, just, you know, uh, black and white, that's what he's trying to do. He's going to piss off a lot of people, and he has, and he will continue to do so, but change is always questioned. And Smash Mouth football will never be the same without fines. Fines will be, if you want Smash Mouth football, you're going to get fined. And he wants people to be able to walk and talk and have feeling in their limbs and do all these things after football, or at least that's what he's projecting with all these rule changes, right? Then you got to go to flags. 
Yeah, <laughs> we put this. We put that helmet on, knowing exactly what the consequences are, and knowing exactly what the issues are. But today. I can tell. I can t- today. Well, and today. Well, what about uh, twenty five years ago? That wasn't well, the case. Twenty five. Twenty five years from now, if you hit me in the knees all, all day long, I'll be wa- I'll be walking on a, with a, with a crutch or anyway. Right now. So don't, that doesn't that doesn't change anything. At the end of the day, it's a violent sport. Yeah, it, that's what it is. It's no different than putting than sa- telling a prize fighter, "Oh, we're gonna make this safer, so you mm. can't hit this guy right here this hard." You have to wear a helmet. Mm. Yeah, you have to you have to wear those gloves. The gloves do ju- do just as much damage. And it's certain uh, and kind it's of a certain kind of gloves that <coughs> boxers do wear. Uh, because uh, what eight pounds. So Twelve ounces. Twelve ounces yeah. or something like yeah. I say eight pounds. Eight pounds. <laughs> <laughs> That's for training. You hit with an eight pound glove. That's for I training so you can keep your arms <laughs> up through all the, the rounds. Eight pounds that I use to curl with. That's all. But that is you know that could be heavy. Uh, yeah, ounces. Uh, but they also use certain gloves to protect these guys. And, and in boxing, you have to wear helmets and uh, not helmets, but the um, head guards. Uh, football. Roger, go ahead, Deborah. Well, I was going to say about football, too. You can put a helmet on a guy and have a guy never hit helmet to helmet and still come out with the same type of injuries because the guy hits the ground, the head hits the ground. The guy gets hit, the brain bounces inside the brain, you know, the cavity of the brain, the skull of the brain, and you still have that propulsion of the brain going forward and then sloshing back against the skull, and you end up with those same type of injuries. I've been saying that for... Ever. And not only that, Ever. it does the same thing with all the other organs in your body. Bodily concussions. And it adds, it adds, that's why the guys in football, I mean, there are studies that say come out with post-traumatic stress syndrome. So now we're back to the stress issue, just like the military. Um, I've got guys that I work with, been in the league eight years, mm-hmm. that one of the things that I work on with them most is around stress because of the the um, concern of not being able to do well whenever they know that the young bucks are coming up or maybe they've gone through a serious injury and they don't want to hesitate and procrastinate on the field because that nuance of a millisecond could make the difference in whether they stay at first string or second string or out of the league. So, so what's the end game? The NFL want to be seen going along, uh, going a distance to protect these players, and you was mentioning it um, a second ago, a few minutes ago. Down the road, Roger Goodell look as the bad guy. Change is different. People can't adapt to change because they're so used to playing a certain way. Uh, he, w- he, he is going to be looked at the bad guy, if not already. I don't have any faith in Roger Goodell. Uh, I think the NFL, um, the only reason why there was a settlement that had nothing to do with me, because I wouldn't have signed that. I wouldn't agree to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, $700 plus million. Dollars. That's it, not it enough. Was, yeah, that was settlement. That was shut up money. Yeah. That was yeah. so we don't have to show what we... That was desperation because the guys settle? needed it now, so they were able to settle for a lot less than what they this were asking is, but for. But it has nothing to do with me. So it, mm-hmm. it, you got to make a settlement for me to understand and say, okay, if I sign this, uh, when I take this, I can't say anything else about it. I, I didn't sign anything like that. So right. the NFL, if, if people don't understand that they're hiding, hiding things, then it's not as as much as uh, we have our protection for the players now. Moving forward, we want to see if we can do the most. Deborah, you make the comment. You're going to have those concussions anyway. Hmm. You're going to have bodily concussions. What, what's going to happen when my organs are all banged up because from hitting the ground right. so much? And I've never hit a guy in the head. Um, at, I'm not saying I didn't, but I'm saying if I never hit a guy in the head from playing in the National Football League or on the collegiate level, what's what's going on with the rest of my body? How do you well, make that game safe? Like, you can't do it. I look at it from the point of, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm a performance expert, so I'm always looking at how can I help my guy perform better by understanding how the mind works, understanding how the emotions work together to physio- physiologically help their performance better. 
the other aspect of that is working as a whole athlete of knowing and understanding that it's the entire body, it's the neurological system, the autonomic nervous system that helps make everything work better. Stress is a main factor in that. Mentally, emotionally, physiologically, they're all tied together. You cannot affect one without affecting the other. So if you're affecting one neg negatively, mentally, you're going to affect the emotions in the body. The same thing, you know, with um, helping one aspect of it helps all three aspects of it. So when I look at players that are in the league right now or trying to, or trying to get into the league, it's how can I help my guy perform better. When my guy is in playing, it's always looking at how can I help their resilience as well as the whole athlete so when they come out of the league that they're, they're autonomic nervous system is not burnt out to the fact that they can't think straight and walk well and be able to deal with the pain that they deal with after the league is you know after they walk away from the league yeah that's something to keep an eye on we'll, we'll watch that let's 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 move on real quick we gotta be in and out of these things then we got about five minutes left um I still want to talk about the Minnesota Vikings uh, quickly, but, um, but now I'm, I, I want to move on to some other <laughs> no, stuff. We should, we should, we should quick, go ahead and say what we got to say. Yeah. <laughs> quickly, uh, quickly, burning inside you. But quickly, am I ask you guys, and I be real quick with this: Are the Philadelphia Eagles done? Already? <laughs> uh, well, who's the best option as quarterback? I'm tired of Michael Vick can get hurt. I'm tired mm -hmm. of him getting hurt. I think he is, in my opinion, he's the best option. Um, I can't understand. I'm sorry. Yes, I can why quarterbacks are so soft because they don't get to get hit in practice like the rest of us get banged in practice. So when it happens in the game, it's not a big surprise. But the quarterback can't be touched in practice because he is considered a franchise because he has a certain tag or found out your tag uh, behind him so he can't be touched. If you're going to get hurt, it's going to be in the game and not practice. Uh, but once they get hit on the game, they're done. They saw. Well, that's the thing because they, they haven't like been put players. into that pressure situation during practice. <laughs> so, okay, Eagles, Michael Vick starting this week. If he's their quarterback and he stays healthy, they'll be fine. They might win the division. I think Dallas will win the division if DeMarco Murray plays 14 games this year. They win the division. That's what I think. Eagles, with Matt Barkley as a backup, he solidified that USC cannot breed quarterbacks. <laughs> so that's that's just maybe their offensive line's too good, maybe whatever it is. Yeah. Ever since the, I mean, the last, what, 20 years at least, if USC you, has not bred quarterbacks. Just like quarter Notre Dame does not breed offensive talent, offensive uh, 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 Notre like Dame. The skill positions. Mm -hmm. USC can't break quarterbacks. If you get a quarterback from Notre Dame, you're wasting your pick, uh, Tony. <laughs> real quick, <laughs> Michael Michael Vick is the best option for the Eagles. There's no choice, no question about it. It doesn't matter who you want to stick out there. They don't have anybody who can do what he can. He's do. on a right. one year deal, so what, what's going? He's he's not going to be an Eagle next year. I don't, I just don't see it. But he's at two hundred million dollar contracts. I mean, I think he's. Dave he's doing all right. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but he he's, a one he's a performer guy. <laughs> he had to give some of that millions there. away uh, through some courts, some bull yeah. crap, mm. uh, dog stuff. That's a whole uh, different conversation. All right, Minnesota, yeah. Cause, cause <laughs> that, Minnesota Vikings, uh, I, the numbers that Josh Freeman put up last night, the situation that uh, Leslie Frazier had uh, this team in, and I'm saying this because he's the head coach, I hope <clears throat> that he's not – and I said, a lot of head coaches do this. Um, the owners will come down and say, I want to play this guy. I want to bring this guy in. I want this guy to play. And whole head coaches go with it. I've seen it happen live in action while I, when I played. But I thought those numbers he put up with the limited offense, Tony, you mentioned he had a 12 play with no adjustments, wristband on, no adjustment. They had these guys in 10s and 12 packages where – of course I'm a stack. If I'm New York Giants, I'm a stack the defense up. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm, you, you're in a package where I can't audible out. I can't because there's no, there's not. 
enough skilled players out there to audible out mm. to something that's worthwhile doing it. So I have to get the ball to AJ Peters against nine man front, eight and <laughs> nine man front, or the safety coming down from the back end. Um, so I hope Leslie Frazier is not having this guy quarterback, even though he's only a year signed up to this year, and we want to figure they want to figure out what he has. I thought Christian Ponder, and I don't, I'm not a Christian Ponder's fan, gave him the best option coming out of halftime, and then bring, you know, give um, Freeman some more practice, and then let him play next week. I just, uh, I, if that's didn't, cause that didn't happen, I'm thinking when is not, what all is lived up to be in Minnesota or football period. I I trained with Tim Tebow this offseason, and I'm gonna tell you this right now: Tim Tebow is better than Christian Ponder. Flat out, no questions you asked. Tell, you need period. to tell him to call me. <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim is better than Christian Ponder. Mm-hmm. I think that overall, Josh gives him the best chance to win. I don't think that when you ask him to throw the ball 46 times, any quarterback is in a better chance times to win. To 100, what do you have, 190 yards, 53 touchdowns? He, threw, he was times. 31% at one point in the game. He was 14 for 46 at yeah. one point. Yeah. But, he threw the ball 53 times, one interception. Yeah. When does it come to the point where you allow Adrian Peterson to go somewhere else? That's a good question because, because he's um, he's given a lot. And listen, I mean, I'm not. This isn't like. A, well, he signed up to the 17th, right? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, so 17? no, he's got some years. I mean, this isn't yeah, like a, this isn't like a Kevin Garnett situation or something like that where you've played 15 years for and you want to go win a championship. He's played. I mean, he's played a good number of years. He's been the reason why they've been in contention. When do you let him go try and win somewhere else? I say um, next. If, if ever, I, I say next year would be a considerable. Uh, it'd be a considerable um, considerable. Conversation because you know the guy just came off. Um, he almost broke Eric Dickinson's record, mm-hmm. um, and he thought he was going to do it this year, not knowing what the situation would be with the team. But he know how he felt, and when he almost broke that record, he come off a knee surgery. So, if the team doesn't get any better, if they are what they are now next year, then it's time to like, how can I trade him out of respect for him? To go somewhere else and have a legacy or uh, of his own and play with a, a formidable team that you know that can that can protect him that there's more balance. Oh, year in, year in and year out, teams are going to be different. Yeah, well, you got rid of Percy Harvin, so you got rid of your Percy Harvin. Yeah, you got, you got rid of your most electric player um, besides him. But besides that, that didn't stay on the field. Yeah, he which, had which migraines. He had migraines every five minutes. I understand. So, would you rather have him be injured on your team or injured somewhere else? Somewhere injured else. somewhere else. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want the, I want that roster spot, and I'll give it to Cordero Patterson. Yeah, I, I, that, else. that's how that's that's how I feel. Because I don't know okay. week in a week out, I'm not going to be able to count on him, and he's a dynamic player, as you mentioned. So, say they win three games. And then the next three games? It, no, say they win three games this year in Minnesota. And they're a top five pick, uh-huh. whatever it may be, probably top three. You draft a quarterback and try and win offensively, or do you go defense first? Because like, that's a rebuilding thing that Adrian Peterson won't be able to stay around for. If you want to win with Adrian Peterson, you've got to get an offensive talent right away so you can win. And I think they have offensive talent. Well, you know, they quarterback-wise, obviously there's an issue. They've got to find out what's going on with Josh Freeman first. They've got to give him more than two weeks to learn no. the offense as well. Yeah. I mean, he got to the line of scrimmage, and if you if you listen to his snap count, he's going. they're calling two plays in the huddle, check with me's. And yeah. so he's only got two options because he doesn't know the whole playbook. Right, which is fair. You know? I'm taking. I'm not even. I'm not and putting this game against him. Think about him. the time of a quarterback receiver relationship that has to be in play. So, well, and I, that's the thing. If you get rid of Adrian Peterson, what do you do with your fan base? Because they're going to be a bit ticked off. Yeah, but, yeah. but they're loyal fans in Minnesota. But they'll come back. Yeah, so you have to defend. Nope. They'll, 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 they'll come back. They'll come back if they win. Yeah. I, yeah. They, if they get rid of Adrian yeah. Peterson, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if they're not driving to Lambeau and going up there yeah. and play, being uh, Green Bay fans now. Everybody's yeah. They loyal when when you win it. Grammar State football players boycotted a week or two ago, and they fired. 
uh, the head coach, Doug Williams, in September. So they boycott out of condition, and this is historically a HBCU, Historical Black College University, uh, where the funding is always cut. It's not like you can, it's not like a NCAA Division One school where there's money. Um, and all those Grambling, when you talk about uh, black college, you talk about Grambling Southern, um, and I've had a chance to go to Norfolk State, um, and I and I didn't go to it because it was a black university. I, I didn't go to it because I didn't want to be in Virginia. So I, so, and when I say Virginia, I'm talking about. 30 minutes away from my house because I, cause I was going to Virginia Tech, which was four hours and some change. Um, but these players, I think, uh, with, with no time left, so let me, let me finish this up. There has to be more done into the South, uh, Southwestern Atlantic Conference, and that's the historical black colleges. Uh, there's a lot of great athletes come out of there, but you don't get a lot of uh, notification publications out there uh, with these universities. The condition is uh, terrible. It's like Instead of flying, it would take you three, two or three hours. They ride a bus for 15 hours, uh, and then you want these guys to get out and perform. And sometimes you ride the bus with your, your uniform halfway on uh, in these situations. Um, we don't have enough time because I want to ask Tony, why didn't you go to a black college? Was it ever a consideration? Um, you know, being here in Arizona, you with ASU. Um, but was there a consideration of, I may want to go to a black university. And you know, uh, Grambling actually recruited me. Mm -hmm. My godfather played there and went on to play for the Cowboys. I thought about it, but at the end of the day, they weren't offering the same type of they things couldn't. that a big, they, they couldn't. They don't have the ability to offer what big schools offer. They offer half scholarships. All so right. that's well, what it comes down to. You know what? Unfortunately, we have a lot to talk about and not enough time to do it. Uh, the, the show is done with about 20 more seconds. Uh, thank Alex Clancy, Deputy Bray, Tony Simmons. Come in. You let it come in anytime you want to. Uh, you're always welcome in the studio on our show. Well, I'd love to come back. Come on back. We got more to talk about. Check out the uh, web pages and the websites uh, for more stories. Rant Sports, yourclearish.com. Uh, Alex writing for Rant Sports, Deborah, down and dirty to Deborah. Crumb Live Sports Talk. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.